have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? It looked great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello, once again, it is time for the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. With me, as always, to my left, to my right, depending on how you want to look at it, the one and only Major Caldwell. How are you doing today, Major? Doing pretty good, man. It's pretty cold outside out here. It's probably going to rain in L.A. We're not used to that, so um, really windy and everything, but hey, spirits well, still got- I've got enough, no sympathy for you whatsoever. We are minus 31 with the wind chill up here <laughs> north of the 49. And on today's show, we are going to heat things up with our fantasy football offseason preview. Some risers and fallers as far as fantasy football is concerned. And we're going to make sure we're going to kick off this with a huge win. And we're going to go with the news and notes. And the win is Derek Carr has the potential to be a future first ballot Hall of Famer, according to the New York Jets. Major, what's the coach speak on this? I just really want to know how they came up with that equation. Like They just tell a player anything they want. So they're saying if he goes and plays for the Jets, he will be a Hall of Famer. Is that what I'm taking from this? Wind me, dime me, just get you in the building so we don't have to deal with Zach Wilson anymore, I think is kind of what that whole thing's about. Well, to break it down to like the common man, We've all tried to like get a girl at a bar at a. You're going to tell her whatever you think she wants to hear for her to like come with you, hang with you, dance with you, whatever. So I just think that it is what it is. I mean, it's cute. I think Derek Carr is a a savvy veteran. He knows that this is part of the game, and I don't think he's taking any of this too serious. So do you think that the Jets reached out to like Derek Carr on Tinder or maybe ChristianSingles.com? Like, what, what, what do you, where do you think this this kind of call came for from? For sure, the ChristianMingle.com for sure, man. That's he's all about he's all about his faith and he wears it proudly, man. So that I respect him for that, man. Well, he went to New Orleans there. He's been to New York. He's got a few more visits where before it's all said and done. But let's talk about another player here that I, I just I want a good a feel good story. How about Peyton Hillis here, as it looks like he is going to make a 100% recovery after a swimming accident that seemed to get literally no headlines whatsoever. This basically went down right around the same time as the DeMar Hamlin situation there. Now, Hillis, he was trying to save his children who were involved in a water rescue type of situation off the Pensacola coast there back on January 4th, transported by helicopter to the hospital where he was admitted to ICU placed on a ventilator while suffering from issues with his kidneys. And it looks like, if you remember Peyton Hills, Peyton Hills was on the Madden cover. He's one of those one-hit wonders. I mean, is there a team team that's had more one-hit wonders than the Cleveland Browns in recent memory? (laughs) You've got yourself your Baker Mayfield. You've got yourself your Josh Gordon. You're right. You're Peyton Hills. I mean, if you're a one-hit wonder, you probably did that one hit in Cleveland, where Cleveland rocks, home of the Hall of Fame. So, 
But I just want to give a little shout out here because it is looking like not only did he save his children, but it looks like he is now trending in the right direction here more than not. So uh, I just want to kind of get off that story right off the get-go there. Start the show, the good, a good feel kind of all together. It's a good omen moving forward, a little, a little karma going our way, so to speak. No, man, like us both being parents and you being parents of like a whole, like a whole village, you know what I mean? Like I only got my one, but. I would do anything. I would be in that position if I was him. I know just knowing you these years that we've been talking on this app and all this good stuff, for sure I know you're the type of dude that's going to be out there for your kids. So it's like, like you said, it didn't get any traction on mainstream media. That's why I know like everything is kind of upside down and weird because we're calling just people who like go on a diet. We're calling them like a hero now. Like, oh my gosh, you lose 10 pounds. You're a hero. This dude is a true hero. It got no traction. So I, I don't respect that at all. But, man, shout out to Peyton, man. Like, anybody who's doing anything for kids, man. Like, he put his life on his line for real for his kids. Like, you can't ask anything anything else from a man. So, like, shout out to him and hope him and his family heals, you know, get the help that they need and all that good stuff, you know? Yeah, and that was a great article there. You can catch that over on, uh, I believe it was the Bleacher Report there. did a little bit on him there. Now, speaking of great articles, hey, you need to make sure that you head over to FastyPoints.com. This ViperCast, it is presented by the Fasty Points Media Group. And if you need another reason to head to FastyPoints.com, how about I give you two more? How about two FSWA award winners? Yes, that's right. The FSWA Fantasy Sports Writers Association dropped its awards just tonight and both scott baird what and jake Tribby are award winners there research article of the year goes to scott baird meanwhile football writer of the year goes to drake Tribby there if you don't know who jake is you need to recognize his game because he is one of the brightest minds out there and shout out to our good friend Wes Huber, who's also nominated in that research article of the year. That's right. Two fantasy points writers nominated for research article of the year. That's awesome. It doesn't it doesn't get any better. That's when you know you've got some good, talented writers over on fantasypoints.com. Head over there, get your subscription today. You know where to find it, but do we know where to find Aaron Rodgers? Can anyone find Aaron Rodgers? He went into the darkness a couple weeks ago, and no one has seen or heard from him since. Major, where's Aaron? He's probably somewhere like at Burning Man or like at uh... – <laughs> What's the little spot out here in uh, California people go to the, with the heat and everything? Like somewhere in Palm Springs. I forget the name of it, but he's at some hippie commune. He's, he's you know, living a good life, man. He's hanging out. He's not worried about anything. He's unplugged, and he's, like, just living uh, the hippie life. I love it. He's getting those non-performance-enhancing drugs right now is what you're saying. He's getting the really good stuff. <laughs> he's probably flying somewhere, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, astronaut right now. speaking of flying justin fields claims he can fly on the field a lot faster in a dome which is what they don't have in chicago i mean he says he's a little bit slower probably because he has to bundle up a little bit more when those frigid temperatures start hitting soldier field so two things here justin fields when your name is fields you shouldn't even be in a dome right it's like field uh, field (laughs) of dreams it's not field of dome i mean it doesn't make sense so justin fields in a dome i don't like it but i get it i get it now trying to make sense of these off-season justin fields trade rumors do you believe any of that would you actually i'll put you in chicago's 
right now. If you are the Chicago Bears, do you draft Bryce Young there or C.J. Strode, or do you roll with Justin Fields and possibly trade the one 101 and maybe get some more picks here a little bit later? <sighs> if I'm playing fantasy football, yes. But NFL, no. When you find a quarterback, you know how hard it is to find a quarterback. And he just showed you that he can perform without any receivers, like not one receiver on the roster. Well, shout out to your, your guy, Mooney. But other than that, like, it, it was bare pickings out there. And he found a way to scout, uh, like, savage a, a season and, and actually get a few wins. Like, he's he's proven that he can throw the ball. The man is a monster running the ball. He's proved that he has some durability. Uh, I don't know. I like him. I think he's trending in the right direction. And all this, uh, this talk is going to do... Uh, it could just mess him up. But if he is getting traded and he wants to be playing in a dome, why not send him to the Saints and see how that works out? Hey, you, you want to put him there? I mean, I get it. I get it. I just I don't like the Saints at all. So I'm just going to slide that question by and I'm just going to let it let it go for now. But I mean, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm hanging on to Justin Fields. I've seen enough. I don't know of a dome. It's so funny because I know you and I, we like the dome. We love the elements. We love playing in the elements. When we're 18, 19, 20 years old. <laughs> At 40, there's no way you would catch us playing in the Ouch. elements. Ouch. I mean, it, that weather, it hits different, right? It just it hits different. I Catching know, I a ball in the snow is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever tried to accomplish in my life, ever. I've been out doing my sidewalks in shorts, in a hoodie, in Crazy. 30 below weather, whatever you want to call it. I ain't going to get hit in 30 below weather. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Getting hit in 30 below weather, 40 below weather, it just hits a little differently. I mean, no, if you want real. to protect your assets, get them out <laughs> of the cold. Yeah. Now, speaking of assets, a lot of teams kind of disregarded a lot of their assets here over the last few years, and they have funneled themselves to the XFL. By the way, we mentioned Jake Tribute there a little bit, the fantasy football writer of the year. Well, guess what? He's got that DFS XFL hookup again. Mm. Over on fantasy points. Yeah, that's right. We are degenerates over there. I mean, you want XFL DFS? We got you covered. Don't you worry about that. Jake, he's got you covered. But we look at this XFL. We see like Hakeem Butler. He has made another appearance. So he's out there. We got all kinds of talented or former talented players and coaches all over the XFL in Arlington. You got coach Bob Stoops there, Kyle Slaughter. If you remember him a little bit, the quarterback, DC defenders, Reggie Barlow, he's there, coach that quarterback. Jordan Teamo, if you remember him from, I think it was Old Miss. He had some stints there with the Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Abram Smith, we loved him when he was in New Orleans. He spent some time down there via Baylor. That's where he's at. Wade Phillips, he is coaching the Houston Roughnecks right now with their quarterback, Cole McDonald from the University of Hawaii. The long-haired <laughs> quarterback there, slinging the ball around there. Orlando Guardians. Terrell Buckley is the head coach here. Paxton Lynch. I, I cannot Terrell wait till I think Paxton, Paxton Lynch has got to be the only quarterback to be benched in the NFL, the CFL, the USFL, <laughs> and the XFL. And that's a fact. You can probably check that right now. I mean, we got to mention Hakeem Butler there. We got the San Antonio Brahmas head coach. Heinz Ward is that's coaching the guy. San Antonio squad there with Callan Balaj and Jake Cohn. The Seattle Sea Dragons, they feature my guy, Josh Gordon. I can't quit you, Josh. I will not it's quit you. Too. I think I've still yeah. got him on some of my dynasty rosters. 
if I'm being 100% honest. He'll be back with Kansas then, City. Don't worry. No, it's a good chance there. Now, the Seattle Battlehawks, A.J. McCarron, if you remember him from his Alabama mm-hmm. days, Marcel Atman, Darius Shepard, a couple guys they've got going there, and, of course, Las Vegas head coach, Rod Woodson, linebacker, Vic Beasley, running back, Matt Jones, wide receiver, Martavius Bryant. Now, did you catch any of the week one action there in the XFL? I did not. I did see some highlights of your boy Josh, man. He was he looks good, man. Like he's uh like grounded for some like he seems like I don't know, it's just the way he's moving. It seems like he's a little more grounded. So like shout outs to him and I hope he continues. I wanna I wanna see what Martavis can do too, because him and 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 uh Josh are kind of like in the same boat to me. I feel like they are the two players in this league who can actually make it back and, and become starters in the NFL, not just make a roster. So I'm keeping my eye out for those two guys. Just the, uh, the D league or is like the, you know, to me, it seems like it's the forum to take, to get to the NFL. So um, it's a bounce back league. So hopefully these guys can get there, but I think the XFL is trying to stand on their own. So maybe I'm doing it a disservice by saying that, but, uh yeah i think is a great way for them to get back to the league well i think that's a lot of the one thing i did notice when i watched this game is these are a lot of hungry guys getting after they want to get back to the league this is essentially last chance university for a lot of these guys right and we just saw the usfl they just held their entry draft which i mean some of the teams made some interesting selections the players that could possibly get drafted this year in the NFL draft. Tyler Scott comes to my mind there. I think it was New Orleans, the Breakers that selected him. But we've got a lot of football outside of the NFL. And you know, the NFL and the media in the NFL, it drives everything during the offseason. But it's good to see we've got some other football that we could talk about moving hey, forward. Quick question, and- quick question on that for you. Do you think that the XFL and the, was the USFL there, you think they might combine forces kind of like the NFL did back in the day with the NF, you know, National Football League and American Football League? I don't see that. I, don't, I really don't. I mean, if they want to try and get some sort of sustainability and that maybe, but I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. Uh, one thing I also don't know is going to happen is the Alvin Kamara situation. I don't think we're mm. going to see Alvin Kamara play football next year. Um, yeah. You can go on Twitter. You can check out the video. There's a new video that released that shows a little bit more of what happened with Alvin Kamara in Las Vegas last season. Things could change and what it goes by. But when I look at that video, I mean, and I put the volume up and some of the other stuff, I kind of put all the pieces together. It does not look good for the Saints running back. And that's a shame. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't very good last season. But, I mean, I'm looking a, at As you can see, he had a lot on his mind. <laughs> I don't think you can even draft him this year. I really don't. I don't know if he's even worth a 15th round flyer at this point. Now, knowing what we know right now, where where would you take that flyer? What round? Around that 15, 15, 16, 17, around there somewhere. Yeah, that's where we have officially gotten to when it comes to Alvin Kamara, right? right? I mean, right or wrong, I mean, that video is damning enough for me to stay away from him altogether. And I honestly thought it was another... I thought it was the first incident that they were trying to hash back up, but he had another. It wasn't all like in the same weekend. And like, I don't, I don't it's a what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean, there's ca- it's cameras everywhere. We should know that by now, right? This isn't the 80s. This isn't the early 90s, man. I mean, everyone's got a camera sitting right there in their pocket at all times. 
this is important for these this next clue, a group. I mean, I think it was Chris Carter that once said, "Find yourself a fall guy." Right? I mean, that's basically what Chris Carter tells all these rookies coming in. Well, <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah, he basically dropped his mock draft 2.0. We are going to have the Viper mock here sooner rather than later. But when we look at this, a couple questions for you. The first one, right off the get go, is Bijan Robinson a first round draft pick at the running back position? Yes, that man has everything he's probably the best running back we've seen or prospect that we've seen come out since let's say saquon i felt like he has that same type ability where he's just a three down back catch the ball run the ball block the ball perfect size speed anything you want in a running back he's that guy so like and this running back class is deep too and he's just kind of like him and then everyone else so um, no, I think he's that he's the man. Like, I, I'm all in wherever he goes. I think he's going to ball. It doesn't even matter the situation. Yeah, I believe Daniel has him going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wherever they're picking about. I think that's pick 19 right now, right? I mean, I don't know that they're obviously too far back to get into the quarterback conversation, and we have to assume that they're probably going to grab one of these quarterbacks that makes themselves available here over the next few weeks heading into free agency. But quickly, just kind of going over this Jeremiah uh, mock draft here, talk about more of the offensive players. Uh, right off the get-go, we've got Bre- uh, Bryce Young heading to Houston, and then they come back and they pair him up at pick number 12 with Jordan Addison. I absolutely I like love this. Yeah, if it. the Texans could pull this off, this would feel like a win for me. They got Nico Collins there. They got John Michi there. There's your three wide receivers. Damian Pierce already there. Bryce Young. I mean, you got a good young nucleus as far as skill position players are concerned there. I mean, we know they got to do stuff on defense. I don't know if they necessarily go quarterback with Jalen Carter there. And, I mean, Todd McShay's got some stuff going out there about Jalen Carter character concerns right now. Todd McShay better make sure he backs this up somewhere along the line. because yeah, he probably missing that. I'll be acting weird sometimes. He's, he's got that Aaron Rodgers stuff going on. There now, you go. you've got Jalen Carter there, and you've got – my man, uh, Will Anderson, I mean, this dude, all he does is pressure the quarterback. We know with D'Amico Ryan's there. The Houston Texans are going to be focusing on that defense a lot, but they need a quarterback. And if you feel that Bryce Young is a shorter version of Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I think you have to pull that trigger there at pick number two and then pairing him up with Jordan Aston, who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in this class. I mean, that's a win right there for the Houston Texans. Yeah, I'm with it. Uh, I like everything you said there. I'm I'm on board with that. We could keep moving. <laughs> and then at number four, Indianapolis, they're done with this whole recycling the quarterback type situation here. They're turning the page on all that. They've got the new coach there out of uh, out of Philadelphia there, Shane Steichen. He's coming to Indianapolis, and they're giving him the quarterback of the future in C.J. Strode. You like C.J. Strode going to Indianapolis? I do like that, and I might be blasting me a little bit, but I kind of like CJ a little bit more than uh, Bryce Young. I don't know. I, I kind of like his uh, his game just a little bit more, but um, I don't think Indy is done with the veteran quarterback. I think they grab one of these young guys, and then they also you know pair with a with, with a vet for just a year. I mean, for me, it depends on what CJ Strode were getting. And when I watched that Clemson game. I mean, he was picking them apart. I mean, he looked like the number one overall quarterback in that right. one game alone. So if you're getting that guy, we've seen glimpses of him being that guy. We've seen him be that dude, right? 
But I know Brees Young, he's or Bryce Young, he's the kind of the guy you're like, yeah, I can get down with him. He's just I don't want to knock a guy for being a short quarterback. Right. But I mean, there's gonna be some scouts that are gonna question that. But I mean, I've seen this dude stand in the pocket and take some shots to deliver the ball. So I think both these guys are going to be fantastic for whatever teams select them. Unlike the Las Vegas Raiders selection of Will Levis out of Kentucky. I know there's been people that have comped him to Josh Allen, this and that. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see yeah. anything in there. Some people are talking about his arm talent. I, I, you know what? As soon as he put mayo in his coffee, mayonnaise, <laughs> mayonnaise. You know what? Yeah. It's bad enough when you put mayonnaise on a sandwich. But now you're putting it in your coffee. That is the nectar of the gods you are now spoiling. You cannot do that. I don't know about nectar of the gods, but I'm with you. <laughs> It ain't right. It just Yo, that's, ain't that's right. the most disgusting thing I've ever. Like, how do you even find that out? Like, how do you figure that out? I don't know. Have you seen this dude eat a banana? Go on to YouTube, go on to Twitter, and like type in Will Levis banana. Oh, it's not, like no, some no. sort of primate, uh, primeval caveman. I mean, he eats it like from the bottom up, like swishes like a freezy. I mean, it's 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 savage. It's not right. <laughs> I Here haven't seen even... those videos, but yeah. Here's my scouting report. I'm like, I'm not even scouting on his tools on the field. I'm scouting him off the field and his mayonnaise and his banana takes. <laughs> now, an interesting one for me here. At pick number 15, the Green Bay Packers select out of the University of Utah, tight end Dalton Kincaid. Now, Kincaid, a lot of people love him. He's a dynamic pass catcher there. Maybe the best pass catcher in this tight end class. Uh what are your thoughts on the Packers going tight end and maybe moving on from Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis? I think as a, you know, Mercedes, you know, he's, he's one of the, he was playing when I was playing. So I know that dude is old. You know what I mean? Like we, I think he may be a class ahead of me or yeah, he was, he was playing when I was playing. So like that dude is a pretty long in the tooth there. Tunyon seemed like it never, it almost got the spark, but it never really like came to full for, uh, fruition. But I don't, I don't, I'm not really big on Dalton like that. I seen him, he's cool, but my, you know, if I'm gonna go tight end and to be the first tight end off, I'm gonna go with my man, uh, Mike Myers out of Notre Dame. Yeah, they right now Jeremiah's got him mocked to pick number 28 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Hayden Hurst heading to free agency, there's a little bit of a connection there. Two tight ends in the first round. That might be too rich for my blood, man. I'm not. I'm not all sure if I'm down Especially with that. in the league today, where they don't even value. I think the 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 running back and a tight end are two of the most devalued positions in the game right now. Yeah, but the one position that's never going to get devalued is that quarterback position, especially the mobile quarterback. And that's what I like with the Detroit Lions selecting Anthony Richardson of the University of Florida, pick number eighteen. Richardson may be the most talented of the group, except mm -hmm. he is just raw. I mean, he is not as refined as Strode. He's not as refined as Young, but he may have the most talent potential down the road. And you know what? With Jared Goff already in Detroit, they really don't need Richardson to be that guy right now. And I, honestly, here's another one. To me, he's my favorite quarterback in this class. Like size, speed, arm strength. Like you said, it's just it's just like the rawness of it. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he's still super young. Um, and sitting a year behind golf, who is a professional, he knows that he knows how to play the game. He's a uh, he's out there balling himself. Like people don't they, they kind of discount him a little bit, but uh, 
I mean, wherever he goes, I'm a fan. Like that's like I said, he's my. I'm all about the sleepers and the unexpected. He's this. This is my guy right here. Man, I think he's gonna be all right. Well, before we even get to the combine and everything else, we're already seeing Richardson's value jump up. If you go to those uh, bookie pages there, DraftKings and this and that about the first quarterback selected, we're talking about Anthony Richardson as one of those guys who's been moving up and is getting. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some teams that have him as the number one quarterback on their board right now. So just something to keep an eye on as we're heading into this, this draft season right now with the combine coming up in just a few short weeks. Now we mentioned uh, Bijan Robinson going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't like this because I am still a Rashad White fan. So mm. for me, Robinson goes at pretty much kills Rashad White outside of maybe third down possibilities. I think White has the ability to be a three down back, not just a third down back. So I don't really like that for fantasy for my Rashad White shares, but for Bijan Robinson, I mean, I can see how this could work out for you. I mean, they don't have a quarterback, so they're going to have to try to figure a way to move the ball one way or the other. But they have some really good receivers and stuff down there, so I'm pretty sure they're going to try to get one of these vets to go down there. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I think so. One of those vets that could be on the move is Geno Smith. Not so fast because Jackson Smith, Najigba there, he is projected in this mock draft to go to the Seattle Seahawks to pair him with DK Metcalf, to pair him with Tyler Lockett, and Kenneth Walker out of the backfield there to go with Geno Smith. So that may be a good incentive to bring Geno Smith back. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe maybe Tyler Lockett or someone becomes a – Cut casualty. I don't know. We, we can see stranger things have happened here. Well, that's the only way about. I think it would work. I, I don't, those, you have Tyler Lockett and DJ, DK Metcalf. You're good. I don't think you really need another receiver, especially a first round receiver, especially when you could grab one in a second, you know? Yeah. Well, can you just imagine you got your, uh, you got your Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf. You got your T Higgins, your Smith, the Jigba. You got your Tyler Lockett. You got your Tyler Boyd. I mean, that could be a very dangerous offense that the Seattle Seahawks could be putting back together. Now, speaking of teams that could use a wide receiver, especially some speed going down the field, how about Quinton Johnston there from TCU heading to the Los Angeles Chargers in this mock? I like Johnston. I think he's a good size, speed. He's got that, you know, alpha build kind of going to him that we like, the big, tall, fast, wide receivers. Him going to pair him with Mike Williams and the potential of uh, Keenan Allen. We just talked about Keenan Allen potentially being cut. I mean, that could be a good fit for this Chargers team and for Justin Herbert moving forward. Your thoughts? I like what you said. The size and everything, he looks like alpha, but he doesn't play alpha to me. I think it's something missing there. I'm not high on him at all. I might eat these words later on, but I'm. I need to see more film. He's not consistent to me. And I don't think he plays – he doesn't, like, use his size as 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 well as I would, like, like him to. I think he he can be a little more of a bully out there. The dude is huge, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, he's still young, too. So, uh, I might I might be wrong, but I, this is something missing for me. He's, like, on and off too much. Well, speaking on and off, how about one of the guys who's been on a roll here as we're heading into draft season, Jalen Hyatt there out of Tennessee. The New York Giants are projected to select him at pick number 25. There's some conversations out there that I've heard from certain NFL experts there. Lance Zerline is one of those guys that comes to my mind who could see Hyatt go as early as 12, potentially be the number one wide receiver selected. I know myself, I haven't quite dove into all the tape yet. 
I'm not there yet, but I see the potential. I see the explosiveness. If you watch how him and Hooker hooked up there in Tennessee for a good portion of the season, there was games against uh, Alabama that he absolutely took over. Kind of give me your quick thoughts there on uh, Hyatt there, hit the fit with the Giants. Yeah, um, not too long ago, he was being mocked as the number one receiver in the draft. So, like, the talent is there. Like you said, explosive. Um, I'm not 100% on his routes right now. I mean, I've watched some film on him. He is explosive. He will beat you. He does play with, like, that that attitude that any alpha receiver kind of has. So I, I like those things about him. Um, again, I just – I think he needs to refine his game just a little bit, but I think that just comes with, you know, being being in the NFL, getting around the right people. Well, speaking of the right people, let's keep going down this draft here and finding out if some other teams have a, the right people. We mentioned our boy there, Michael Meyer, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. How about the New Orleans Saints selecting Zay Flowers here at that pick? I mean – I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a 6'4 Impala. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. If let's go. Flowers was just a little bit taller, maybe an inch, maybe two inches, I think he would be the number one wide receiver. Isn't it? I mean, it's not the size. It's how you use it when it comes to the wide receiver position. But we're looking at this, and we're knocking a guy for being a couple inches shorter than we would like him to be. And now we're seeing him be the fourth or fifth wide receiver off the board here. This could be a steal for the Saints if you believe that Zay Flowers is that guy. And I think there's a lot of people out there who believe that Flowers is that guy coming out of Boston College. He's just not tall enough for them heading into the draft process. Yeah, and I think me and you, we've been following this game for a long time. and. It's not the same league that we grew up watching. I think this now is like an open field. You can't touch the receivers. Uh, so size, I don't think, matters as much. I still think you need to have size to be that outside dominant, you know, wide receiver one. But if you have a Zay Flowers in the slot running around to getting reverses and doing all kinds, the dude is electric, man. He reminds me a lot of uh, – like Peter Warwick, I was a big Peter Warwick fan back when he was at Florida State, man. But he has that same shiftiness. Um, you don't you don't get that too much in the NFL. So when you find someone that has that like that stop and go and that left and right, like he he has it, man. Just you know, with that size, you always think about health and everything like that. But he's out there running a four three four two. Like receivers know how to get down; they don't really get hit that much anymore. Like. I don't think size is, is, is as important as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, Zay Fly, I, I look, let's go back to this Peter Warwick here because he was like one of the most electric college players of all time. Was he the slowest fast guy or the fastest slow guy you've ever seen play? Because he didn't have that top-end speed that we talk about, that 4-2, that 4-3, but the guy could make you miss. He was shifty, like you said. I mean, Peter Warwick was hard to get a good shot on. No, seriously, like his stop and go. And like some people, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. Some people cannot run the 40, but on the field, they're faster. They're faster with like uniform and cleats and helmet and all that and slower with in their underwear, you know. So it's it's tricky sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to take the on the field uh, speed versus the, the, the 40 times, you know what I mean? And he – Peter always – play fast and like i said the stop and go is probably the fastest in the whole league ever besides like maybe Dion and devin hester you know what i mean or maybe Tariq Hill, you know but 
a lot is like i said it's you get one and one and one of these guys two of these guys every five to ten years so whoever grab him i think you know and you he has to go to a right spot he needs to go to a place where they're going to get him in the open field they're going to like draw some stuff up for him so that, uh, hopefully they, they can get that done there yeah, I think Warp was somewhere in that four, five, five, four, six range when it came to his four, forty. Five, so a four, five running, a four, five receiver is like. Here's one of my little ways I pick my receivers though. Four, five is that's the perfect. Four, two receivers never really work out. You want that four, five guy? No, as a Raiders fan, I can confirm that four, two never <laughs> works out. The Raiders is a perfect example of that. I mean. We had Cliff Branch. He did his thing. I mean, Jay, I think James Jether, he had a little bit of a – he had a season yeah, or so um, there. Yeah. Darius Hayward Bay was nothing. I mean, and as all as – I mean, yeah, I know speed kills, but speed killed the Raiders draft multiple times <laughs> over the few years. But it was now, fun when they picked the fast guy. It was always fun, though. They, that, that's well, you knew where they were going. Yeah, that's why I love the Raiders, it, you know, during the time when they had the the, the, the great uh, – damn, slipping my name, slipping – what's his name? Great Al uh, Davis. Yeah, Al Davis used to like you knew who's the fastest person to draft first round. You never heard him before. We're grabbing him. Yeah, let's be honest. Al Davis was never afraid to make a move. I mean, once he found something that worked, he was going to go back to it. I mean, what worked with Cliff Branch in the 70s, he made sure he was still doing the same thing in this process in 2010s. I right. mean, what worked with uh the punter there guy way back when he still uh, carried that yeah. over Sebastian Janikowski. I mean, it worked for him. He took a punter in the first round. He'll take a kicker in the first round. It didn't matter to Al Davis. Janikowski so, worked out, though. <laughs> he, oh, they all worked. Well, not the recent the speed receivers, wide receivers. But, yeah. but now now we're going to talk about things that might work out and things that don't really work out here as we look at uh, some of the risers and fallers here heading into 2023. So when we look at the league leaders when it comes to points for in a PPR-type setting here, standard setting, whatever you want to go with. A little PPR because as a tribute to Terry, who couldn't be on the show here with us tonight, we'll talk PPR. But when we look at the quarterbacks that are going to be on the rise here, here in the offseason, I think yours is pretty interesting because it kind of goes against what I'm looking here for a team. So tell me about your quarterback that you have rising up heading into 2023. I have Desmond Ritter. i kind of been on him since his – uh his junior year at uh at Cincy and he was a uh, he took that team that no one knew about and turned him into a winner. I think he has a ability to do that here. I mean, I think it hurt him staying that extra year. If I think he would have came out the year before, I was for sure betting that he was going to go to New England. I thought that would have been the best bet for him, but he decided to go back to school. Had a really good season, but it wasn't like the Heisman, it wasn't as flashy as, as you know, some of the other guys. But, you know, his last game he had, you know, he went 90 for 30 for 240, uh, 224 yards and two TDs. I'll take that. I'll take that from a young guy. And he had a really good connection with um, with, 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 with Drake and, um, you know, Pitts coming back. I, you got some pieces to, to, to do some stuff, and he's on that like rookie contract. This is the time for you guys to go and build everything out around him. And because you're saving money, you got that discounted quarterback. Um, I know if you bring a vet in there, you're gonna lose that, and they have a lot of holes to plug. So I think they need to stick with uh Ritter and see what he can do at least for a season or two. So people may be like, Major, you need to lay off the Aaron Rodgers type stuff here. I mean, there's people <laughs> that are probably gonna throw that out here. But if you take Marcus Mariota's season totals for fantasy and you take what Desmond Ritter did in a short period of time, 
you would have about 245 fantasy points at the quarterback position that would put him as QB 14 right behind Aaron Rodgers. So, hey, you're not as crazy as you look. Okay, man. I, I, I like that assist right there. I like that. <laughs> I got you. I got you covered here, man. Who'd you got on? Who, now, who's, your, who's your rise? Well, I, I'm going to keep rising with Trevor Lawrence, man. I think this guy is going to flirt with QB2, QB3 status you. here next season. I mean, potentially Calvin Ridley's reinstatement adds a whole new dynamic to this Jacksonville's offense. You know they're going to go out there and they're going to make sure they do everything they can to keep Evan Ingram there in Duval County. Right. you got Christian Kirk. you got Zay Jones. You've got Travis Etienne in the backfield. You've got an explosive offense, and you got a team on the rise. When I look at what he did last year, 303 fantasy points, he needs to get to get to the top three stats. He's got to find a way to get up with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. That 380 numbers kind of get you in there. I think Trevor Lawrence has the ability to run the ball himself when he needs to. He doesn't do it because he doesn't have to more often than not, but he's got the ability to get himself into top three consideration there next season. Definitely top five. I mean, Geno Smith got in there at 314, so he's right there knocking on that door at 303. So he's not too far out of top five. But to get to top three, that's where I want to go to. I think Trevor Lawrence is that quarterback that has the ability to do that. Now, if you look a little bit down the things here, guys like Derek Carr, he could flirt with a rising star type status here. Uh, Dak Prescott, who missed a good portion of the season there, averaged 17.8 fantasy points per game. He's another guy that was a QB 18. He could definitely get himself into that top eight consideration here as we go forward but how about Kirk Cousins there quietly the quarterback seven last season I mean can we stop the guys are gonna talk Cousins, man I can't stop man the guy's top oh. 25 in touchdown passes in that in the NFL history that's receiver in the game like what do you mean well that's what we need for fantasy I mean that's exactly what you need for fantasy you need good receivers and he's got that now when we look at guys that maybe struggling here a little bit here in 2023 I'm going to go with Geno Smith just because, man, what he did last it's, – it's hard to repeat as a top-five quarterback, especially yeah. if that's the first time you've done it, right? We That was Geno Smith. He won comeback player of the year. What was he coming back from? Obscurity. That's what he was coming <laughs> back from. He Mean was nowhere to be found, yeah. and he found himself last season. I hope he proves me wrong. This is one of those ones that you're like, okay, I hope you prove me wrong because we love Geno here. But top five again, I don't see that happening. Top 15, all right, I'm down with that. What about you? What do you got? Who's your guy who's falling right now? This is probably more injury related more than anything else. Absolutely. You took the words out of my mouth. Chua Tagovailoa. That is sad because I really like him. He had a perfect situation going on. Uh, everyone's talking him up, saying he's good. He's going to be back. Every, he's clearing all the protocols and all that good stuff. But again, just from my playing experience, I've seen people change after like multiple concussions. I've seen it firsthand where someone is like the man. And he comes back, and now you're, like, a little timid because you don't want to – because he knows you get another concussion, you're damn near done. So, like, now he's playing more timid. The, it get, it puts some disbelief in the coach's head. So they're probably going to be looking at some of these veteran quarterbacks are coming back him up. They might want to grab, a, like, maybe a, a – I don't know. Who's, who's, the, who's one of the best vets out there? Again, we'll talk about it later. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, with, with Tua, it's too much. It's too much doubt there, and I really want him to be good. But once you have multiple concussions, man, it's really hard to like come back from that. So I think that concussion thing is going to be there next year as well, and it's going to be worse when he gets another one. We're gonna. It's uh, 
it's going to be nasty. So let's let's all get ready for some some crazy stuff that's going to happen there. And he's going to give you just enough hope where you're going to play. Exactly. I mean, you're going to draft him high with all those weapons, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. You're going to be like, yep, it's two or three. He's going to look time. good in the offseason. The offseason, he's going to look great. And then the game's going to happen. I don't know. I don't want. I don't wish this on him at all. I just said I'm seeing this before. Once you get those concussions, it's you can't. Your brain is kind of loose in there now, so it's gonna keep bashing around, and that's how you get concussions. So yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about a tight end who's gonna rise and a tight end who's gonna fall. Who is your fall, riser and faller there at the tight end position? I'm gonna go with T.J. Uh, Hawkinson. I seem like he had a pretty good connection with your boy Cousins out there. Um, he. <laughs> I think he's the new mascot of the team. He looks like a Viking. He's running out there. You got the the hair flying out the helmet. The crowd goes crazy. Like I, I think he's going to be one of those next big tight ends. I think he's going to step into that realm of, uh, you know, Kelsey and then uh, who else is out there? Uh, man, all the top. You know the top tight ends. There's only like we four. Know, we, we know what we're talking about. I mean, he was, he was kind of borderline there to begin with. I mean, we had TJ Hawkinson. Heading into last season as a top five tight end there. I mean, he, he was tight end two down the stretch, only behind Travis Kelsey. You got your Mark Andrews there. You got Travis Kelsey. Outside of that, there's really not a whole lot. People put Kyle Pitts up there. We've seen how that worked. We've seen guys, Dalton Schultz, he's in that top five kind of range too. Top six, some people had him heading into the season. Um, speaking of Dalton Schultz, you got him kind of a little bit lower on your list going into 2023. Why is that? Yeah, just because he's a free agent, and sometimes it's kind of hard to find a good fit with uh with the tight end situation. I think he had the perfect thing going in in Dallas, but I'm not even sure if they can really afford him. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the move. So um, you know, and like again, there's only a handful of tight ends who who even get enough work to be considered anything. So I think it's just downhill from here uh, for for Schultz, unless. I don't know, unless he can get in a situation. But, again, I don't really see that happening. And for me, I'm riding with Dallas Goddard there as a top tight end this season. He finished as the tight end 12, despite playing only 12 games, averaging 11.8 fantasy points per contest in PPR settings. And there's no reason not to believe. When you look at people who averaged double-digit fantasy production last season, you have yourself Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Obviously, then you got your Mark Andrews, and then you got Dallas Goddard there, followed by Evan Ingram and David Nojoku. So, you know, he's going to be flirting there from 12. There's no reason why he can't be in that top five tight end conversation this season moving in. And we got Jalen Hurts doing his thing, AJ Brown take away some coverage there. Devonta Smith, we know the Eagles' offense is probably going to be pretty strong, even though they lost their offensive coordinator. So, I, I believe in this Eagles team as much as anything, but what I don't believe in is I don't believe in putting a whole lot of faith in Taysom Hill. Tight end three last season. Nope, 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 nope. Like You ever seen the line before time? Nope, 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 nope. That's where I'm at with <laughs> Taysom Man, Hill. There's yeah. no way you can convince me to draft Taysom Hill in any league. I don't care if he was the number three tight end. Now, Taysom Hill is why I have a hard time drafting a player like Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill last season showed a lot more consistency in his games than he had previous years in Kansas City. Taysom Hill is going to give you a huge peak game, or he's going to give you a zero. We see this with every time Kansas City. At the end of the season, Tyreek Hill is always going to be a top five wide receiver. It is, it is what it is. 
but you're going to get t- wide receiver one weeks and you're going to get wide receiver 45 weeks. You're going to get that with Taysom Hill. Except tight end 45 is no bueno. I mean, that's why I can't trust Taysom Hill. Even though he's a top three tight end last season, there's no way I am getting in on Taysom Hill. Zero percent chance that's going to happen. There, that's my rant on Taysom Hill for this show here. <laughs> I don't even want to spend another minute talking about that player, that T Hill, Taysom H, whatever you want to call him. I ain't talking about him no more. Now, what I want to talk about is running backs because, hey, I've got myself a running back guru right here on the show from the College of the Canyons, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> Yeah, so my, my guy moving up is Travis ETN. You've seen him come on at the end of the season running the ball, and they still have not opened or unlocked his uh, receiving ability. He's only getting like two targets, three targets, zero targets. I think that's going to take him, and that's going to help your man Trevor Lawrence get into that bracket that you were just talking about because there's so many extra yards that sit in there. He's one of those players who can take anything to the house. So he can do a check down and turns into a 40-yard pass. So I think once Trevor starts to tap into uh, ETN's uh, receiving ability, that's going to take both of their games to the next level. Uh, he's going to be along the lines like one of those PPR dudes like uh, like like uh, what's the guy in um, – for the, the Austin Eckler, is your, are you going to talk about Austin Eckler here right now? He's going to be a, a better Eckler. I think he has that ability to be Eckler esque. And for my 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 people, my trending down, ugh, this one hurts because this is my guy. This is my favorite running back in the league right now. But Joe Mixon, you know, he had the off the field stuff happening. Um, you see his play. I don't know if that was the thing that affected his play, but. For some reason, I don't think he he's too smart, man. I think he's tired of getting hit. He's still pretty young. I think he has enough ability to do great stuff off the field. So I don't know if his if he's all the way there in, in, in the game anymore like he used to be. But um, but he's a laid back, cool dude. So like he, you know, I might be reading that wrong, but uh, you know, I think they have some decisions to make. They got uh P Ryan out there who's a free agent this year. They have to figure out they're gonna like pay him some big money because he performed when uh when joe was out um so i think that's going to like hamper because if they pay him then you're going to have to do more of a split than it than it has in the past so i just see the arrows pointing down for my man joe but the ability and the skill is still there and we i think we've seen i think we've already been given a glimpse by the Bengals what they're going to do in this offseason we seen when the when they wanted when the games mattered the most it was samaj p ryan that got the ball not joe right. mixon if right. you look at the stats in the playoffs, it was P. Ryan that had got the ball. And I'll give you 7 million reasons why <laughs> Joe Mixon is trending downward. And that right. is his contract. The Bengals can cut him and save $7 million on the 2023 cap. We know that the Bengals are almost in a position where financially it's going to be tough to keep everyone together. Now, Joe Burrow, he, Burrow can do some things to kind of work with his contract to keep a good portion of the band together. But Burrow's eventually you can't keep that. everyone. Burroughs is going to get his. He's competitive on off the field. He wants to have that number one pay rate as a quarterback. He's not going to give you no discount at all. I don't see it. 
And in the day we're hearing about Jalen Hurts possibly getting $50 million, you better believe you're going to be seeing Joe Burrow in that $50 million range as well. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And Patrick Mahomes, is $45 million per season, it's starting to look like a pretty good deal right now, especially when Daniel Jones is even looking at that uh, nice little $45 million kind of marker there. Right. And why wouldn't you? Right now, the franchise tag at the quarterback position is $32 million. So just got to put that into perspective. Now, speaking of those, before we kind of move on here, I, I mean, I'm going to touch base on this a little bit. When you're looking at these franchise tender tags here, the quarterback position is just over $32 million. Linebacker, believe it or not, is almost $21 million. Wide receiver, right. 19.7. Defensive end, 19.7. D tackle, 18.9. And then we kind of go down there a little bit. You look at the running back position, $10 million to franchise a running back. That's where we're at with the devaluation of the running back position. And, of course, tight end, 11.3 right million. Yeah. That means tight ends somehow have more value than running backs right now, according to the franchise ten, the tags there. So when we look at potential cut casualties, we have to take a look at what these franchise tags also look like. Now, going back to uh, my – risers and fallers i'll start with my faller it's gonna be alvin Kamara because yeah again i don't want to touch it i don't want anything to do with him right now the whole situation just is ugly i uh, i don't expect him to play a whole heck of a lot here in 2023 so i'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about it because i don't think he's going to be available but what i want to talk about is i want to talk about a good story and that is brian robinson last season's rb 39 yeah antonio gibson he's still there but we've seen how this commander's offense goes, and it's by Brian Robinson's run game. If Robinson's running, the Terry McLaren is going. Then Jahan Dotson's going. I mean, Curtis Samuel. Brian Robinson is essentially the drink that stirs this commander's team. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like next season. Tyler Heineke, uh, we don't know if they're going to bring another guy in there. There's talks about maybe Heineke coming back for something. We know Carson Wentz isn't going to be back there because they could Forget about the Carson Wentz experience altogether. But when we look at this, Brian Robinson is that guy that could easily be a top 15 fantasy back next season. And they're like, well, he didn't catch many passes last season. I mean, the dude was working himself back into the lineup after being shot, okay? The man was <laughs> shot, and he still finishes a top 40 running back. There wasn't a whole lot of time for him to get acclimated with this offense in the, the intricacies of the passing game, so to speak. I know Robinson can catch the ball. I've seen a little bit of that at Alabama. I ain't worried about that right now. So I think Robinson is going to be just fine the way he is. And I think you're going to get a value pick out of him right now because I think if you want Brian Robinson, you're going to be able to possibly get him in round number seven of fantasy drafts. Right now, I just did a best ball right now. I think I took him in round number five. That's where I believe Robinson is going to be, in my opinion. And I wasn't going to wait for him to go all the way back down to 12 and possibly come back to me for the sixth round. No, I made sure to get him at, I think it was 501 or wherever I was picking at that time. So for me, Brian Robinson is definitely that guy that I have high expectations on heading into the season. Now, speaking of high expectations, what's one wide receiver you're a little bit higher on, maybe a little bit lower on there heading into this uh, upcoming campaign? Yeah, before I say that, I gotta get. Can we get a Gibson, a free Gibson shirt? Like, cause they're not using him the right way. Uh, the dude's a receiver that converted to running back, and you're not throwing him the ball. Like, it just doesn't make sense what's going on out there. Hopefully, the the, the new assistant head coach slash uh, Eric Bieniemy. I don't even know. Maybe we can scheme some stuff up. But for my receivers, 
that's rising. I'm going Christian Watson. Yeah, I know Rodgers is gone, but check out my logic here. Watson, rookie, when you're coming into camp, you run with the second quarterback. And so he has a lot of work with Love. Um, so, if you know, Love's going to be that guy, the, the next quarterback of the Packers. I think Watson's going to have that really good relationship with him. They already built that when he was a rookie coming in before he got with the starters or whatnot. But um, he showed his ability, especially in the red zone. Um, the guy, if you're 6'5 and you run like a 4'3, that's crazy. Like tall people should not be able to move that fast. So um, he's he's a that's a weapon that, you know, not too many people have in the NFL. And I think the Packers will take advantage of that. For my guy trending down, Deontay Johnson out there with the Steelers, man. Like, it's not even his fault. Like, yeah, he did drop the ball here and there, but you know, he still put up numbers for you every fantasy season. But it looks like that offense is kind of moving towards the rookie pickings. I think it's gonna be his uh his team soon. And um you're going to see a lot of those targets that Deontay used to get is going to go over to Pickens from, you know, moving forward. And he also got Pat Fairmouth out there at tight end. So, you know, the ball is going to be spread around just a little bit more than it, than it has in the past. So I think uh, Johnson may be on his way down. Um, but, hey, who knows? Who, who you got for your receivers? Well, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy there, Jacoby Myers there, wide receiver 29. He was literally 0.4 fantasy points behind um, – Deontay Johnson, if you look at PPR scoring last season, he missed some games there. Obviously, he out, actually out-averaged of 12.9 to 10.6 fantasy points per game. Now, I thought, you know what? Wide receiver 23, that's a good spot to start with. That's a good one to say there's a riser. How about Cooper Cup? No, just joking. I'm not going to take the easy one on that. <laughs> Cooper Cup finishes wide receiver 23 last season in PPR scoring while only playing in nine games. I mean, they throw the ball to you every game. Like you're like every play the ball goes to you. Yeah, you're going to have numbers. I don't get like how you guys act like it's the whole thing. Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver one, 368.7 points. And everyone's talking about how great of a season it was. And yet he only averaged 21.7. That's right. He averaged less fantasy points per game than Cooper Cup Uh, was averaging. So just going to throw that back out there. But for me, I'm going to go with – a rookie from last season there. I'm going to say Garrett Wilson takes like that it. next step here. I don't know who the quarterback is, but say it is Derek Carr because that's kind of where I'm predicting Derek Carr to come. More on that here in a second. Garrett Wilson, 12.7 fantasy points per game, 215.7 on the season, wide receiver 21. There's no reason to doubt that he can get himself into that Amari Cooper, 247 fantasy points, which puts him in the top 10. I mean, he did this while playing – while being basically forced to play with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White last season, okay? There's no reason not to believe that Garrett Wilson can't be up there with the likes of Jalen Waddle, Amonra St. Brown. I think he actually surpasses Devontae Smith, but I think Jamar Chase kind of comes up to kind of bump Wilson down there a little bit. So that's kind of where I got Wilson as a top 10 wide receiver heading into 2023. Now, the guy I just can't get behind, you mentioned the good pass catches there in Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I love myself Mike William, Evans. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll be, I'm probably alone on this one right now because what he's done to start his career, nobody else has ever done. I am genuinely concerned right now 
that his streak of 1,000-yard seasons to start his career could be in serious jeopardy heading into 2023, mostly because right now his quarterback is Kyle Trask. We don't know what that's going to look like, right? I respect we, on Trask's name. We might get ourselves a, a quarterback that comes through Tampa Bay there. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but I look at some of these potential free agents, and I'm like, ooh, who, which quarterbacks look good here? I mean, could – Jimmy Garoppolo be that guy. Could Jacoby Brissett be that guy? I, I don't know. I don't feel good about any of those guys. Be Ryan Tannehill potentially as the quarterback there in um, Tampa Bay. So none of those guys really, unless Derek Carr goes there, I, I don't see that value of the wide receivers really taking that jump up. So uh, hopefully Tampa Bay has a plan that does not involve Kyle Trask because if they don't, I don't like Mike Evans' chances here next season. I'm with you on that. Now let's let's go deep because I know you love to go deep when it comes to sleepers and stuff. So give me a deep sleeper ahead of next season, dude. Uh, before I mad at you, dude. You stole mine. This is the yours. That's my guy. Just to let you know that, like, I have him on every team. I don't know how people let me get him on every team. No one knew about him. Like that is weird. But since you picked my guy, I had to go with the running backs, man. I went with my dude Jerome Ford out there with the Browns. He was probably one of the top running backs in that class the other, you know, the other year. But uh he's um he didn't really play much this year because you got Chubb there who's just like dominates the ball. And then you had Hunt there who's uh a free agent, and that's why I think Jerome is gonna have an opportunity to uh fill that role behind uh Chubb and like you know, you can only you know it's a your snap your snap count runs out a little bit, and Chubb is one of those Iron Man, and he gets the ball every play. So I'm not wishing anything on him. I'm just saying like that clock is kind of ticking to where there may be some little nicks here and there to where Jerome can actually get in the game and, and show people what he can really do. I really liked him out of Cincinnati. Um, the dude is fast. He runs the ball hard. Good agility. Uh, everything you need in a running back. So so keep an eye out for Jerome Ford. You like speed? How about Rashid Shaheed, wide receiver, 57 out of New Orleans? I kind of like how that sounded. I kind of rolled off the tongue really nicely. Yeah, he did pretty good. I mean, the, we see him come up late in the season, last season, have some big games. I don't see how that doesn't continue in 2023. Now, our hour is almost up here right now. Let's get into some rapid fire with some of these free agents here, Major. So I'm going to give you a free agent. You tell me where he's going. I'll tell you if I agree or not, and we'll move on over. Derek Carr, where's he going? I'm going to have him go to Indy. You know, they they had a, a pattern of doing this already. Why not do one more and then grab the rookie? I got him going to the New York Jets, and that's not rapid fire. Lamar Jackson. Oh, we're going to stay it. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to give him to you, man. Let's go give, put him in Vegas. Let's make some money. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. I, I got him going to the Atlanta Falcons. Just remind like that him. franchise tag, he's going to make himself a lot of money here. Now, Geno Smith. I have him staying in Seattle. I got him staying in Seattle, too. I like that fit there. We, everything's kind of fitting out nicely for him there. Daniel Jones. I have him staying with the Giants. It's finally starting to click for him. I think he needs to stay. Vanilla Vic, he's going to get his money there, $45 million to stay in New York. Jimmy Garoppolo. I have Jimmy going to the Bucks. you know, following uh, his man uh, Brady. You know what I mean? The offense is already there. Just put him back in it. And I've got him going to the Las Vegas Raiders to be the starting quarterback ahead of Will Levis there at his mayonnaise drinking coffee maniac type stuff going on. Uh, Saquon Barkley. 
have them staying with the Giants again. It seemed like it's starting to click for them. Keep it together. Yeah, I'm going to say that he stays with the Giants. So I, don't, I can't see him going anywhere else. Josh Jacobs? I have him going to the Bears. Like, the Bears got a lot of money to spend. So let's let's give him some players. Why, why are you going to do Khalil Herbert dirty like that? Why are you going to do Khalil Herbert dirty, man? He's just got rid of David Montgomery. Now you're going to bring Josh Jacobs there? <laughs> uh, I got him staying with the franchise take with the Vegas. That's $10 million yeah, running back right there. Tony Pollard, where do you got him going? I have him going to the Miami Dolphins. If you want to be on a team with speed, like go and get another speed guy. You know what? I'm hoping you're right. I want to see him in Miami. For some reason, I think Jerry Jones ends up franchising him and spending about $30 million on the running back position, which wouldn't surprise me. Miles Sanders, where do you got him? I have him going to the Raiders to fill the role left by, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs going to the Bears. So let's give them – he actually played well in the playoffs. I already liked him, what he did in the playoffs. And I've got him staying in Philadelphia. Again, this is more me hoping because I thought maybe the Bucks would be a good fit, but I don't want to do Rashad White dirty, so I'm going to keep him there in Philadelphia. Donta Foreman, let's give the man a little bit of credit here. I know he's one of my guys. I've I've been on him before he even was drafted and he had the, the crazy injury, but I'm having him stay with the Panthers. When stuff if something is working, sometimes you might have to like hold up the money and kind of stay where you are. And I think the Carolina Panthers would be absolutely stupid to let him go. He came in there, he ran the ball well. He's done a really good job of that. If for whatever reason Carolina drops the ball on this and the Cincinnati Bengals decide, hey, you know what? Seven million. We could save on Joe Mixon not being here. Maybe they could bring in Dr. Foreman on a cheaper contract to get that offense going. Now let's talk some wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to the Rams. To me, it feels like that's like the best year he has since he's left uh, the Giants. So let's let's get him back with the Rams. For me, if Lamar Jackson successfully stays in Baltimore, I'm going to send him to the Ravens. I don't think he stays in Baltimore. I think that bridge has already been burned. But, hey, enough money makes a lot of people happy. So, Right. Juju Smith-Schuster's next up on the board. Where do you got him going? I have him going to the Chargers, man. Bring the L.A. kid back to L.A., man. I think that's where he wants to be. He wants to be in L.A. He wants to be in the lights. Let's bring him back to L.A. My original thought here on Juju Smith-Schuster was the Montreal Alouettes. Juju Smith-Schuster. But you know what? <laughs> We're going to leave him in Kansas City. Uh, Alan Lazard. Uh, I have him going to the Cowboys, man. I need some, they, need a, they need a wide receiver too badly out there. And I'm going to send him to Atlanta because, like I said, I think Atlanta makes a move for a quarterback. They've got Kyle Pitts there. They've got themselves uh, Drake London. They needed themselves a position receiver. Ellen Lazar can get the job done. How about DJ Chark? Yeah, this is one of my guys. I love Shark, man. I'm going I'm to put him in uh, Chicago. Like, again, they got all that money to spend. Let's get some vets in there, man. Let's build around fields and see what you got there. I'm with you there. I mean, that gives a good compliment to uh, Darnell Mooney on the other side, so I'm going to send him to Chicago as well. What about Jacoby Myers? That's your dude, and I feel like he needs to go to the Bears as well. I think he's one of those, like, glue guys. I think he'll bring everything together for them. Have people finally started warming up on Jacoby Myers? Do I have a few more people in my corner when we start you talking about You won me over. I wasn't there at all. You won me over. I actually traded for him recently in, in one of my, like, big leagues. Well, I think you should be happy about your investment. When he goes to the Dallas Cowboys as the number two wide receiver next season, opposite of C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, he can do his thing. They get Michael, keep Michael Gallup. They get themselves a speedster on the outside, and then they got themselves another position. Three different levels. I like that going on in there in Dallas. Evan Ingram. He has to stay. Like, again, another player who's been trying to figure it out, finally got something going, stay there and, 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 and follow it out. Uh, I'm with you there. I mean, Evan Ingram had a big season last year, top five tight end type season. 
He wants to be there. They want him there. I think he stays there. Dalton Schultz. I haven't gone to the Titans. I don't know why. I just feel like he's a good run uh, blocking tight end who can catch the ball. And, you know, they like to run the ball out there. So I'm, I'm going to give him the Titans. Well, assuming that Eric Bieniemy called some of his own plays, he had a pretty good idea of getting the ball to the tight end. They had a pretty good one there in Kansas City, if you recall there, Travis Kelsey or something like that. Yeah, that guy, yeah. I think Logan Thomas is getting a little up there in age. So yeah. Eric Bieniemy may try and get the attention of those who make some decisions. But, hey, get my get me a tight end to compliment Curtis like Samuel, like Jahan Dotson, and Terry McLaren. So you want you want Eric Bieniemy to get himself a potential head coach position, get himself out of Andy Reid's shadow, getting this Washington Commanders offense clicking, give him some pieces. Bieniemy should be a co- uh, head coach next season. Let's hope. Now, with that all <laughs> being said, this has been the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode yes. one sixty nine, presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. With that all being said, behind the grind, it kicks off next week. We've got ourselves our first behind the guest, behind the grind guest there for season number three. And you're, you know what? It doesn't get much bigger than this. You're gonna, you got to tune in to catch the show. You do not want to miss this one. So with that being said, I will give my hint our, or anything. No hints here, man. No hints. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, I can say they've got themselves two books out there, multiple podcasts. I mean. You want someone who's great at everything they do? We got you covered. We'll see you next week.